How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? How are you now? How's everybody doing? Did you enjoy a nice uh, extended Montreal Canadiens game on that fine Tuesday night? Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and your Montreal Canadiens defeat the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit by a score of 3-2 to two in the shootout. In the shootout. Habs have some pretty good operators in the shootout and uh, this one works for them. Uh, whew, folks, I gotta tell you, that game, it felt like one that they were supposed to lose by a lot. For swaths of the game, anyways, not for the entire thing. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll do a little recap, and uh, I, I got to give you guys a little bit of a advance warning here. There's probably going to be some swear words. There's probably going to be some complaining about the officiating. Uh, I got a major bone to pick with the NHL officials after that game, but we'll get into it. <laughs> uh, first period, it starts off pretty decently for the Habs, actually. Uh, great start, really. Pretty back and forth. Chances going at both ends, and the Habs, they strike first. Brennan, Ga- Brennan Gallagher on the wing, takes a shot, gets stopped by Vili Husso, but a big juicy rebound comes out the other side, and Mike Hoffman's just sitting there wide-eyed looking at it. He pounds it in, makes it one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Detroit, however, seems to get a fire lit under them by that goal, and they start playing like they know they're the better team, and they are leaving that, <laughs> they're leaving that rink with two points come hell or high water. Um, by the end of the period, shots were 16-7 to in favor of the Detroit Red Wings. They really took over after that goal. Um, Dylan Larkin gets a questionable penalty shot. Gets stopped by Jake Allen, though. We move a little bit later in the period. Dominic Kubalik, really nice pass into the slot to Austin Zarnik. And nothing Jake Allen can do about that one. Um, Detroit really in control of that period. It was the Jake Allen show. right? The reason that they were still tied, you know, going into the dying seconds of that period was because of Jake Allen. And in the dying seconds of that period, Brendan Gallagher takes another shot on goal, another juicy rebound by Vili Husso. And guess who's standing there once again, ready to put that rebound into the net? You guessed it. Mike Hoffman. Second goal of the game makes it 2-1 to one for the Habs, and that's where we stand at the end of 20. Again, <laughs> shot 16-7. to seven. In favor of the Detroit Red Wings after 20 minutes. Really probably shouldn't be in that one, but two two nice goals by Mike Hoffman. Right spot, right time. Good shot. Two to one for the Habs. We go into the second period, and this is where old Drizzy's going to have some words about the motherfucking officials. I was livid with some of the calls in that frame. It continues into the third and even into overtime, by the way. But at the end of the day, the second period is where things were very, very bad. Habs start looking much better at the, in the early goings of the second period. You know, they're kind of catching up on the shot clock and things are going pretty decently for them. And Jordan Harris gets called for a trip. That one I don't really have much of a beef with, right? Jordan Harris just had his stick in the wrong spot and the guy stepped on it. I understand why they have to call that. But then... Not long after that one gets killed off by the Habs, Caden Gooley is held by Michael Rasmussen. Michael Rasmussen kind of sticks his elbow out, uses his free arm to hold Caden Gooley back as he's trying to go around the net. And they both fall down because Caden Gooley kind of grabs onto his arm as he's falling. So they both go down and they call Caden Gooley for holding. (laughs) 
literally got held. The only reason that he grabbed onto the arm, the only reason they both went down is because Rasmussen was holding him in the first place. But they call Caden Gooley. Uh, absolute bullshit call. But the Habs managed to kill it off. And later on in the period, David Savard gets called for tripping when he literally never tripped him, just pushed him, and the guy fell over. I forget who it was. Absolutely absurd call. Completely absurd. But the Habs managed to kill it off. Jake Allen, again, with a magnificent second period. They spent half of it shorthanded, and he still managed to keep them going into the third with that 2-1 lead. And we go into the third, and David Savard gets a 10-minute misconduct because after getting out of the box from that horse shit tripping call that they made against him, he had the audacity to go over and let the refs know that that wasn't actually tripping. You guys made a mistake. Now, they don't like being told when they fuck up, and, of course, they give him a 10-minute for it. Of course, you're above criticism, right, as NHL refs. You're the best officials in sports, aren't you? Gary Bettman said it. It must be true, so you must absolutely never allow anybody to dare question your call. Completely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Anyways, 10-minute misconduct doesn't put you shorthanded at the very least. It just puts you shorthanded on the bench in terms of defensemen. Um, We go into the third, still holding that 2-1 lead, and the Habs, again, not terrible, but far from looking like they're about to run away with this. But the one thing I will say they're not sitting on leads anymore. So they didn't try to sit on this lead. They were trying to actually get out there and add to it, make it three to one. But we get a bit of an ugly play in the Hab zone uh, about midway through the period. Uh, just blown defensive coverage. It was coming in on a rush. Uh, Arbor Jacki wasn't sure who to cover. Nobody was really sure who to cover there. David Savard was definitely not sure who to cover. He had just gotten out from his 10-minute misconduct. And Suter over to Lucas Raymond. Raymond, he's got Allen down and out. No way you can make a stop on that one. He puts it in and makes it 2-2. Two to A two. little bit more than five minutes to play in the period. Uh, Uri Slavkovsky, I think he might get a call from the league about this one. He hits Matt Luff from behind into the boards and takes a five-minute major. I agree with the call. Um, I, I don't have a complaint with the officials about that, but I do have a complaint in the fact that Cole Caulfield got hit with a pretty dangerous interference uh, in the offensive corner not long before that hit happened, and they didn't call anything. So again, you made the right call with Slavkovsky. Why can't you make the call on the other team as well? That's my only question. No problem with the call. Wouldn't be surprised if Slavkovsky gets a call, as I mentioned, from the league. Not too sure if he's going to get a suspension, but I don't think they're just going to let that one go by with nothing. Anyways, regulation ends up solving nothing. Despite the five-minute penalty, the Habs again managed to kill it off. Again, large thanks to Jake Allen on that front. And we go into overtime. Overtime is a thriller. It's going back and forth. We've got chances at both ends. Caden Gooley almost ended it. Mike Hoffman almost got his hat trick in overtime. It was exciting. Of course, we had one more bullshit penalty against the Habs, though. Mike Hoffman takes a tripping penalty with about 20 seconds, 25 seconds to go in the overtime period. Um, literally had nothing to do with the fact that the guy fell. I think it was Hronik. I think it was Philip Hronik. He was taking a shot. And yes, Mike Hoffman's stick did touch his skate, but he fell maybe a second after the stick touched his skate. It had nothing to do with him falling. He fell because he was trying to put some extra oomph on the shot. Uh, and he did, but Jake Allen made the save. And uh, But anyways, the Habs managed to kill off that 25 seconds as well, and we went into a shootout, and the shootout delivers for the Montreal Canadiens. Caulfield, Cole Caulfield is up first. He shoots. Are you surprised with that release? Yes, it's in. Habs are up. Lucas Raymond's up next. Nope. Stopped by Jake Allen. 
Then it's Nick Suzuki. Goes in, fakes the Datsuk move that he's done earlier in this season and just fires it far side. Yes, Habs up 2-0. Then David Perron, he goes in, shoots, beats Allen off the post and in. Now we're 2-1. Jonathan Drouin goes in, dangles, nope. Gets stopped by Vili Husso. And then Dylan Larkin with the game on his stick. Needs it to tie. What does he do? Misses the net entirely. The Montreal Canadiens win. And I am calling this poetic justice. I saw a lot of people on Twitter, uh, you know, rightfully in, in many cases saying, you know, this is a game that we're probably going to lose. There's a team near the top of the division. We're at the bottom of the division. Um, this is one for the tank, right? This is one that's going to make sure that, you know, Detroit can stay up ahead of Florida, uh, gain a couple, gain a little bit of ground on Florida and, and stay ahead of them. And one that can push the Habs a little bit further down in the standings and give us a better chance of getting a higher draft pick. Um, but I, I submit to you that this is poetic justice. Those officials were absolutely, clearly, and not even trying to hide the fact that they were trying to have Detroit win that game. I am usually reticent to sit here and say that the refs are biased against the Montreal Canadiens. I usually lean towards them just being bad. These refs were biased against the Montreal Canadiens. That was a very, very one-sided game in the way it was officiated. If you take a look, you don't even have to go very far for this information, right? Go to NHL.com and go tally up the penalties if you don't believe me. Even if you take out the misconducts, right? Because Slavkovsky got a 10-minute misconduct along with his uh, hit from behind. Uh, I think they call it boarding, actually. Sorry. And Savard got a 10-minute misconduct as well. But even if you take that out, the Habs had 15 minutes of penalties called against them and the Red Wings had four and I didn't even get to the cherry on top which is that in the first period Dylan Larkin got a penalty shot so they had 15 minutes of penalties to Detroit's four right taking out the misconducts and and Detroit got a penalty shot and the penalty shot itself was bullshit Dylan Larkin got slashed on his way in on a breakaway, but he was clear in from the blue line, and the slash was on his leg. I think it was on his leg anyways. Um, it had no impact. He was still able to make his move and put a shot on. If you want to call the two-minute penalty, I'd say fine, but there's no way you can call that a penalty shot. I mean, these these officials were trying to give Detroit the game. I don't know how else you could possibly cut it. They were ignoring clear penalties by Detroit multiple times. They called Caden Gooley for a penalty that should have been called on the other team. At worst, that play with Gooley and Rasmussen should have ended with both of them going to the box. And even then, it would have been wrong. It's it's a penalty on Rasmussen. But you know what? At least if they took both of them to the box, I could say, all right, well, I understand because Gooley grabbed his arm. But like, there's no way that the only one that you take there is Gooley. Unless, unless you're trying to give the game to Detroit. The point was made by a number of people on Twitter as well. That like, listen, when the, when one team is outplaying the other team, typically, you know, the team that's getting outplayed is going to take more penalties, and that's true. Not to this degree. Not to this degree. If you go head on over to my Twitter, you can take a look. Just go on the media. You know, here I am plugging my Twitter once again. Drake MT. Take a look at the highlights that I posted. I tried to clip multiple penalties that they missed. I clipped most of the penalties that they called against Montreal as well. At least the ones that I had a problem with. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, there's no way that you call that game the way that it got called unless you have some alternative designs on the outcome of that game. 
I don't know. Absurd. One of the worst ones I've seen. But Montreal got the win, so poetic justice. Now, let's move on from the officials. I think I've said my piece about those absolute fucks. (laughs) So bad. It's so bad. Player of the game. Who are we going to give it to? I think it's pretty obvious. We got to give it to Jake Allen. There is no chance, even if the officials are calling that game properly, if Jake Allen doesn't play the way he does, there's no chance they're winning that game. No chance. Basically, the officials were playing against Jake Allen in that game because he was not giving anything up easy. The two goals that went in were virtually impossible to stop. Anything that he had a clear line of sight on, anything that that he was able to get square to, he made the save. Uh, And there were some that he wasn't even really square to, didn't have a clear line of sight on, still made the save. I I talked about the shot total at the end of the first, right? What was it, 16 to 7 or or 16 to 6? I forget already. But the shot tally at the end of the game was, understandably, even worse. End of the game, 43 to 33 for the Detroit Red Wings. Again, no shot are they winning that game or even getting to overtime, regardless of the officiating, without Jake Allen doing what he did. Um, that was a magnificent performance. I know his performances are starting to piss some people off too on, on the team tank side of things, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not getting pissed off. I do want them to get a good draft pick. This is a very strong draft. I want both of their first rounders to be as high as possible. I want Florida to miss the playoffs. Uh, and I expect Montreal to miss the playoffs, so they might as well miss them bad. But I don't think we need to freak out about the way Jake Allen's playing. I don't think he's going to stay as high in terms of save percentage as he is right now. And I think the fact that he's this high on save percentage gives us an opportunity here. There are going to be teams. There has to be some teams who are going to be clamoring to get Jake Allen on their team. If you're a contender and you have issues at goaltending, you should be begging Kent Hughes to trade you Jake Allen right now. I don't know how Toronto is not calling up Kent Hughes right now and saying, all right, I'm just going to open up the vault. I'll give you whatever you want. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Because if, if the Leafs had a legitimate, dependable number one goaltender that doesn't have a, a super long injury history. I mean, he's got a bit of an injury history, but not as much as Matt Murray, who's the guy that you're currently... I guess, well, not currently. He's... He's injured right now, isn't he? Uh, that's not funny. But I, I don't know how they're not calling him up and begging to get Jake Allen. I don't know how Edmonton's not calling them and begging even worse than Toronto to get Jake Allen. There's a number of teams that could use a Jake Allen in their pursuit of a Stanley Cup. And maybe he gets you over that hump. I don't know. If he can keep this up or even something close to what he's keeping up right now, he gives you a shot. So I, I think there are teams that should be beating down Kent Hughes's door just to offer him the moon and the stars to get that guy on their team. And I think 
there's there's a chance that'll happen. I know it it hasn't necessarily been hinted at. There, it hasn't even been rumored. It seems like they're not planning on doing it whatsoever. But I, I I'm telling you, if somebody comes in with the right offer, I don't see Ken Hughes turning it down. Right? You sign Jake Allen for a couple of years for what? To be a stopgap through the rebuild. He's probably not going to be there beyond that contract, anyways. I think they they got to take the offer if something comes along. And I think Ken Hughes is playing cute with it. I think he's not going to let on that he's interested in trading him. And I think he's going to wait until he gets a King's ransom. And we might see a trade for Jake Allen that's going to involve a package that's going to have us all chipping in to build Kent Hughes a statue outside of the Bell Center afterwards. That's how good I think that trade's going to be if it happens. But we'll see. For now, he's playing fantastic. And there's no exception to that whatsoever in that game against Detroit. He was amazing. I have to go also with an honorable mention, twofold honorable mention, uh, Mike Hoffman and Brennan Gallagher. They provided the offense in that game. They absolutely, like, they were the only ones who figured it out. Billy Huso has given up some some juicy rebounds. He was doing it all game long. But they were the ones who seemed to figure it out to the point where both goals were almost identical. Brennan Gallagher gets a shot. Mike Hoffman, Johnny on the spot. He's right there to cash in. So let's start with Brennan Gallagher, right? He had a bit of a rough year last year. This is well documented. And he's in for a bounce back. And so far, the bounce back is going decently well. He's a little bit further down in the lineup than he's used to being with the Canadians, but it's not a problem. He's playing quite well, and oddly, he works seems to work really well with Mike Hoffman. I'd, I'd keep that together, see what happens. I mean, you could do worse than figuring out a trade partner for Mike Hoffman, and I guess there's my segue into talking about Mike Hoffman. What a game from him. Maybe he'll unblock me on Twitter for saying this. He played great. He played really well in the overtime period, too. I mean, he even got back, uh, like, that penalty they called against him was horseshit in the overtime period. Um, but he almost got his hat trick there. And if Kirby Doc spotted him on the first opportunity, I think he would have got the hat trick and he would have ended it in OT. I don't think it would have gotten to a shootout. Uh, but Kirby Doc missed the first one. Then they circled back and they tried the same thing again. They got the two on one. And this time he made the pass. Hoffman got stopped, and then even he, Hoffman goes behind the net afterwards, wins a puck battle, and almost puts it in on a quick little wrap, like a little jam play at the at the back part of the net, kind of off to the side of the net a little bit. Anyways, the point being, Mike Hoffman played a magnificent game of hockey himself, and I was very impressed. Um, I still think that he's a player they need to move on from, but that contract is a bit of an issue. You really need him to keep producing in order to attract somebody. Maybe you have to eat some salary, um, which is probably going to be fine. But he needs to keep producing like that if we're going to find a home for him anywhere else anyways. And even if they can't find a home for him anywhere else, having him produce is going to make for a little bit more fun of a watch with these Canadians for the rest of the season. Um, it, it the, All of the scoring can't be coming from the top line. As fun as it is to watch Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield fill the net, you can't just have it be them and nobody else because then other teams are going to figure it out and the offense is going to dry up and then we're going to have some really dull games to watch. So it's it's good news to see that they're getting some scoring from some different places and the fact that Mike Hoffman um, looking much better than he was at the start of the year, I'll hand it to him. Maybe I should have been nicer to him and he wouldn't have blocked me on Twitter and I could say nice things to him and tag him. Although I never tagged him in the first place, so I don't know what he blocked me for. I'm thinking he probably searches his name and saw that I said 
he would be a good ECHL player, um, which was maybe a little bit harsh. I, I, you know what, Mike, I'll, I'll take it back. I'm sorry I said you'd be a good ECHL player. Um, I, I think, especially in that game against Detroit, you showed that you're a good NHL player. All right? Good game, man. You did well. You almost got a Hattie. Anyways, I am going way too long with this. We are over 20 minutes already, so c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. I'm going to cut it off because we have another game tomorrow night. Uh, the Habs are right back in action. They're going back to the Bell Center, and the Vancouver Canucks are in town. So we'll leave it there. Um, the refs suck. Shocker to hear that from me, I know, but what do you want me to do? I call it like I see it. Hopefully, a little bit better officiating tomorrow night. Vancouver's a team that's struggling a little bit as well, so that game could actually get very interesting, get very offensive. It could be run and gun. Just two teams with nothing to lose. Let's go. Anyways, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Of course, as I mentioned, we're right back at it tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. So uh, it won't be very long, but à la prochaine.